your host, Carmilla, and this is Cat Scratch Radio, a horror podcast. Welcome to Cat Scratch Radio, a horror podcast. I'm Carmilla, but my writer name is Matu C. Lawrence. I write horror and dark fantasy, often with a hint of romance, and I have been a horror enthusiast since I was seven years old, watching it on a small black and white TV in my grandmother's guest room. Nearly 30 years later, and I'm here to spread my love of horror to others. Today, we're going to be talking about For the Love of Horror with Sutter King. Hi, Sutter King. Welcome to Cat Scratch Radio and... And it's great to have you, another horror enthusiast, on the show. Let me hear about what you do for a living. Well, um, aside from being a writer, I also work in healthcare. That's what pays the bills, unfortunately. Um, I, I would rather have the writing be the main source of income. That's the end goal. But um, I write horror, uh, sci-fi, bizarro fiction, um, I publish under a few different pseudonyms. Um, there's a few erotica ones that I publish under. Uh, the main one is Sutter Kang, though, which is mostly horror. Nice. Uh, what got you into horror? Um, I grew up, you know, like a 90s kid. So, like, I'd say the first thing that really got me, like, liking horror, or at least the introduction to horror, was um, probably R.L. Stein books, like Goosebumps and oh, yeah. the Fear Street books. Yeah. Um, TV shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, Tales from the Dark Side was a big one, I remember, um, Tales from the Crypt. I think what really, like, cemented it for me was, um, Clive Barker, um, specifically the Hellraiser movie, the first Hellraiser movie. Um, mm. I, I had a friend and their, um, their parents owned a little, like, mom and pop video store. Yeah. And they would let us like watch whatever we wanted like after we got off school and um one day we decided on watching hellraiser and unfortunately that movie gave me a so such bad nightmares i didn't really watch anything horror related for probably close to a year and um yeah and after that i i i don't know it's like a strange attraction to it you know i just fell in love with it after that and couldn't get enough yeah um I say it at the beginning of the show every time, but I fell in love with horror when I was like seven years old and they told me to go to the guest room and get out of the way and it was playing on the black and white TV and I was just enthralled. Uh, sounds like fate, huh? And yeah, it does. So just for fun, what do you think is one of the most common myths about horror? Um, I think people are always, or at least people that aren't into horror, they're always scared of people that are into horror, maybe thinking they're like psychopaths, or I'm not sure. Um, but, um, you know, I think anybody that actually meets anybody that's into horror, they find that they're probably the most caring and empathetic people that they'll ever meet, you know. Um, so I'd say that's probably the, the biggest myth for anybody that's into horror. Yeah, I definitely agree. What would you say is the most important thing for somebody to know about people who are into horror? Uh, most important thing to know about us, uh, that we are friendly and approachable, whether you think we are or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I get the whole... It's very funny to me because in public, a lot of people won't come up to me. I know it's the tattoos, the piercings, and everything like that. Old ladies come up to me the most. Oh yeah, and just super friendly. Weirdly enough, so that's, that's great. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your writing. 
Um, well, um, I was, I, I started writing, I think I was around 12 when I started writing and, um, I wrote a real, like probably honestly a really bad horror story and I sent it off to a magazine. I was way too young. I didn't know anything about editing or anything like that. So I sent it off and they sent me a rejection letter back. That was, um, kind of, uh, rude to be honest. I don't remember the publication or anything like that, but I, um, stopped writing for, about six months after that but then i was like no i i really enjoy doing it so i continued to do it and just kind of kept it to myself until at least i think i was 23 when i finally got you know the courage to submit again um i believe the first magazine i sent it to that time was uh, lovecraft easing um i got a rejection letter what much kinder uh that time and um just continued submitting after that i've published under um s clay um and under bradley smith and there's a few other names I, I couldn't stick with a name for a while and then um i sent a short story to i want to say his name was justin he uh used to run happy kittens publications and he really liked my story and at that time where i was working i couldn't use my actual name i had to have a pseudonym because my um, employer if they found out that i wrote horror they might have terminated my uh, my job. So, oh, wow. I, uh, yeah, I, I uh, decided on um, Sutter King because it combined two things I really love. Um, in the Mouth of Madness is one of my favorite horror movies. It's just got everything I look for in a horror movie. So that's the Sutter part and sort of the Kang part. The Kang part's also from The Simpsons, which I think em encompasses a lot of my personality because I like The Simpsons and they're their jokes and stuff so yeah so that, that's my writing in a nutshell well you answered one of my questions what your favorite horror movie is i ask everybody that um yeah. but so instead um how do you think your parents would describe what you do uh my parents probably my mother especially she um really loves horror and stuff so she would probably ex describe it as like um a dream fulfilled and um, she has bought, I think, every book that I've written and published. So she's a major supporter. My dad is um, not so much into horror, but he uh, definitely would be understanding of it. He He's very happy that I do artistic stuff as well as, you know, working my regular day job and everything. That's awesome. I wish I could say the same for mine. I grew up in a very religious household. <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunate. They they also were very religious too. Um, honestly, we uh, uh, they they um, they, they cooled down. I'll say that after you know so many years. But my mom's always been into horror. But like I remember when I bought like I think it was a Marilyn Manson CD. I uh, bought uh, I think the last two were on Earth or something like that. And she saw it and she was like, you know, that kind of stuff will send you to hell. And I was I was like, oh well, uh, it's good music at least. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> at least hell will be filled with good music yeah yeah it's a good thing to think about uh, uh if hell exists you know yeah so i have to ask what's your favorite holiday um halloween but i haven't really celebrated halloween in years it's more like every day is halloween to me now yeah that definitely. makes sense it does um, yeah, um, like my um, whole house is just filled with like 
different Halloween sort of things. Like I've got action figures everywhere. I live alone, so I don't have anybody that's going to be like, whoa, we can't have guests over and have a gigantic, you know, skull hanging out. Um, one of my goals this year was to get the, uh, I think it was like seven foot tall Mars Attacks Martian. Oh, Unfortunately, wow. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get to get that. But um, one year I'm going to get something like that and it'll probably become a permanent uh decoration outside the house i love that for you <laughs> yeah so what do you think got you into writing for like um i think i just um honestly was meant for it um i think a lot of people that write horror are just that way our minds work a certain way and um we we um don't you know turn away from the darker side of life we we look right at it and stare at it and observe it and sort of make friends with it. And I think that that's a great thing to do because you can't get away from the darkness. It's it's always there. The best you can do is learn to deal with it. So let's talk a little bit more about your writing. Can you tell me what one of your favorite things you've ever written is? Um, I think the my favorite thing I've ever written um, was probably The Band of the Gods. It's a short story. And um, I, I think I had too much fast food that night and i went to sleep and i had this really weird dream where uh cthulhu and yogg and all them came to earth you know and took over everything and all they wanted to do was play classic rock songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um and the basic premise of it was that the the cultists you know they were like yeah you know we took over the earth but then they just have to watch these horrible renditions of like 80s rock songs so one of the cultists decides they're going to try and kill all the band, all the band members. <laughs> I just it was such a ludicrous premise, but I, I've had a lot of fun writing it. Very cool. Um, so let's get a little more, you know, whimsical here. What do you think the world of horror is going to look like in the next five years? Um, in the next five years, I don't think much will change. I think that you'll see a lot more people publishing by themselves as, as opposed to um, through any kind of independent or major publishers. I've noticed that the uh, genre is growing independently. That's mm -hmm. a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I think it's a good thing because people, you know, work independently and they don't have to rely on others to publish their stuff. But at the same time, I think where you're not going through traditional publishers or independent publishers, you're you're losing um, a sense of companionship and stuff like that. But I think it'll be replaced by um, people meeting at conventions and just in general, like podcasts and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So. I don't think it's going to be anything bad. I think it'll just expand in that way. How do you feel about the how horror films have been the last few years, let's say? Last few years? Um, I feel like there's been a resurgence in a lot of good horror movies. Um, I can't really think of a lot right now. My mind's kind of shot. Um, I last saw the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Um, it was good. Uh, definitely for a younger generation, though I'm I'm kind of older, and um, I didn't quite get a lot of the references. But my nephew loved it, so like he was like having a ball watching it, and I was having fun just hanging out with him and him having fun. Um, I think the last movie I saw that was really good was that Smile movie. Oh yeah, um, that was a good one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, like for a low budget, very mm -hmm. terrifying. A lot of mood, atmosphere. 
and i think there's a lot of things coming out that look promising i mean uh i think thanksgiving just came out today that it looks did. pretty good yeah i want to go see that um there is another movie that just came out called um it's a wonderful knife that oh, really? looked promising yeah it looked promising it's a christmas horror film um i think it's supposed to be a play on it's a wonderful life i haven't mm -hmm. read or or watched any previews i prefer not to before i go see a movie i kind of like to be surprised by it mm -hmm. so i'm assuming it's something to do with someone reliving you know like they're like they make a wish and have to do something <laughs> i'm not sure but it, it looks good i think my favorite movie that came out recently was actually totally killer have you seen that one i haven't it's on prime video if you have that it was really good it's like back to the future and um friday the 13th had a baby oh that's cool i'll have to check that out yeah it's pretty neat so if you got paid to write a book and they were just like i need you to write a book in a month what would you write about um well if they were paying me to write it in a month it's whatever they would want to write about uh my mind tends to work in whatever like situation i put it in so um if I had the choice, I would write probably the most insane splatterpunk novel right now because I've been on a big splatterpunk kick. So I would try to combine all the elements I like about that. Just the ultra violence with the social messages and stuff like that. Mm. What is your favorite genre in horror? Oh, uh, man. Uh, um, there's too many to, to choose from on that one. <laughs> um at the moment i'm gonna have to go splatterpunk mm -hmm. but but it, it might change um I, I like all different genres i like cosmic horror i like splatterpunk i like literary horror i like everything yeah i'm big into psychological horror that's one of my favorites yeah yeah me too so what is one of your favorite childhood memories about halloween Mm, um, probably when I got to dress up as Dracula, I think I was eight or nine years old. Um, my mom let me dress up as Dracula. She used to, you know, like I would have to be something kind of cutesy for the most part. Like I think I was a panda bear one year and I was really adamant about being Dracula one year and she let me do it and it was just great. It also seemed like people dressed up a lot more when I was a kid. Um, I don't see many trick-or-treaters coming around dressed up anymore. They just kind of show up and hand out the candy. And I'm like, oh, man, no costumes to look at. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. I've noticed ever since, especially COVID-19, the quarantine and everything, it seems that Halloween itself has kind of dwindled down to just trunk or treats and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what killed it was COVID. I mean, it killed a lot of things. It killed a lot of theaters and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, what was your favorite holiday movie growing up? Favorite holiday movie? Probably Hocus Pocus. And I think that's still probably one of my favorite holiday movies. Excellent I watch choice. it every year. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than just straight up horror, I think I really liked Nightmare Before Christmas. And I think that's probably still holds up. I haven't actually watched that one in years. But, I mean, I, I think that's probably a classic. So, mm -hmm. those two movies that yeah those are both excellent choices i watched both of those for halloween when i was carving pumpkins no oh, that's awesome so in the world of writing we all know that it doesn't pay the bills so you said you work in healthcare. 
Is that yes. in, does that influence your writing at all? Uh, yeah, um, in a lot of ways. Um, I I see, you know, like the way that things are run in the hospital and everything, and I kind of like incorporate a lot of stuff. I, I don't mean to, but I um, I incorporate, you know, just the things I've noticed, like working healthcare, where you know I work night shifts, so you know how creepy it gets at around three a.m. and stuff like that. And, um, room numbers make it into the books for some reason. If if someone's in a hospital, I accidentally use you know hospital room numbers. I don't use any like patient details or anything like that, mm -hmm. but you know, those kind of creepy details of like the eeriness of being alone at three o'clock, walking through like secluded hallways, definitely makes it in there. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, let's get a little bit morbid here. So, say that you say they outlawed horror and people like us ended up on the death penalty. What would be your last meal? Oh man. Uh, probably a medium rare steak, mashed potatoes with garlic and cheese, and uh, I'm allowed to dessert, right? You're all, whatever you want. Okay, so those two things for the meal, and then a huge bowl of like mint ice cream for dessert. Perfection. That sounds like a delicious meal in general. Yeah, let's just hope it doesn't actually get to that point where they outlaw horror, though. That's that's <sighs> becoming a scary reality. It is a scary reality. You're right. There is a lot of people who want to ban books and ban movies and stuff like that because they might be a little too scary for somebody who shouldn't have been introduced to it in the first pay place. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate because I think that people that get introduced to those kind of things end up being the people that write those things. Maybe that's why they're afraid of it. That's very true. Um, so if you could have coffee with one figure from the horror industry, who would it be? Alive or dead? Alive or dead. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to have to go Jack Ketchum. Um, he seemed like a really great guy. He wrote like crazy. I mean, his books still hold up to me as um, exemplary works of horror fiction. And he just seemed like a genuine guy. He really liked cats. I really like cats and animals just in general. So I think we would have gotten along. I think that people who like cats tend to be really good people, just in general. I mean, nothing against people who are, like, huge dog lovers, but something about people who like, like, just like cats. They just seem to be more chill. Yeah, I, I used to have a cat. I named him Warwick Davis after um, the actor. Um, he was a munchkin cat, and he also had, um, I can't remember what it's called, where you have the extra toes. Um, oh, I've got a cat with extra toes. Yeah, he was the sweetest cat. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, passed a couple years ago. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. That's life. So, for your writing, what's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Uh, the best compliment I've gotten is, you know, the usual, like, your book was great, those kind of things. I think my favorite, though, was someone actually uh, somehow found my uh, email address and they sent me a long email about how um, they could tell that i was a psychopath so <laughs> um that one was pretty entertaining um i i sent them back a nice email that you know no I, i'm not really that crazy I, i'm sorry you think that but you know uh 
I guess I just wrote that story that well. That the story that they uh, had read was uh, "Strange Love." It's uh, ah. a short story that I wrote, and um, it's pretty extreme. And I think that that probably influenced their uh, view on me. You know that I can see that. I think that a lot of people who don't like horror think that we're all crazy. <laughs> probably. And I was going to ask what your favorite insult was that you've ever received. So I, would it be that one? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the, the best insult I've received. Oh, it's fantastic. There's always the uh, the people that I meet in real life, though, and they I tell them that I write horror, and then they, they do the other insult where they go, yeah, but why? And I just don't get <laughs> it. And I'm like, well, I mean, like, it's not necessarily for you to get. There's plenty of people that like things that I don't like. I, I'm not big into sports or anything like that, but people really love basketball and football, and I don't, you know, don't knock them on it. So, uh, what was your favorite subject in school? Was it English? Uh, favorite subject in school, in high school, probably English. Um, once I got to college, I think psychology took the 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 prize for my favorite class um i also really enjoyed i was i played music a lot so i enjoyed anything that was music related oh yeah that that makes sense so yeah i think that a lot of horror people really like music in general is are you a, a metalhead too or do you have a specific genre of music you listen to i'd say metal is probably the one that i've listened to the most but i listen to pretty much everything um i really like uh, Merciful Fate, um, King Diamond, you know, um, a lot of classic metal. Um, I haven't really listened to much new music um, in years. I do have a huge collection of movie soundtracks, though, on vinyl, so that's one of my prized possessions. Uh, interestingly enough, I have video game soundtracks on vinyl. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Like classic video game soundtracks or like newer uh, some of them are newer, um, but uh, newer, they're all within the PS2 and up. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Last whimsical question I'm going to ask. If you were given $10 million and they told you that you could make any book in the horror industry into a movie, what book and why? Oh, <laughs> there's too many books to choose from. Uh, I would probably do uh, Imagica by Clive Barker. And uh, the reason why is because I think Clive Barker was probably one of the greatest writers ever. And um, Imagica was the first, I want to say, like, big fantasy. Like, I didn't realize that he had, you know, stepped over into writing mostly fantasy at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the, the big fantasy book that I read that stuck with me. And I always wanted that one to get adapted into the film. And it never did, unfortunately. I think Clive, Clive and Wes Craven are two of my favorites in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Wes Craven will be missed, that's for sure. Oh, yes. I, I Every time I think about the fact that he's gone, it makes me sad, so. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. So what are you hoping that people who are coming into horror and, like, just now falling in love with horror, what are you hoping they can get their hands on? 
Um, I'm hoping they can get their hands on anything. I mean, I hope there's no book bannings or anything like that. Um, I think it's important that I think a lot of people um, now don't read um, older horror authors, and I feel like that they should read older horror authors too. I mean, like, like I mentioned, Jack Ketchum and like Poppy Z. Bride is a big one that I feel like is I, I mentioned Poppy Z. Bride's name, and no one knows who that is anymore. And I'm like, really like because some of that stuff like really affected me in my teenage years and i feel like uh, i feel like people are too focused on anything that's brand new i mean there's still plenty yeah. of stuff that that's older that can still be enjoyed yeah i'm always shocked by how many people that are newer into horror haven't seen like the old freddy movies and they don't know that like johnny depp got his big thing in freddy and um uh, Kevin Bacon was in one of the Jason movies. They don't they don't know these things about horror. That's, that's insane to me. I didn't know that one. I figured that um, film would always be like something that people would go back and watch. It never occurred to me that people wouldn't know about Freddy films and stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's just shocking to me how many people just, they think, ah, oh, it's not going to hold up today, you know, and the... Mm -hmm social awareness and then they just don't watch it at all which is a travesty because things like you know our 90s version our version of scream the original are like some of Wes craven's best work you know yeah yeah i think that people overlook a lot of Wes craven's other films too like i feel like people under the stairs had a really good social message about you know inequality and you know the rich getting richer and those kind of things that, that's one of my favorites of his I think my least favorite of his is The Hills Have Eyes, and that's because it terrifies me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think but, my least favorite of his would probably be uh, the Deadly Friend movie, but it's still a good one. It's very cheesy, but it's it's still good. I think he came out with a lot of really good movies, and he was able to work on such a low budget, but I, he just did horror in such a... Like, the Freddy movies, the, the horror was very camp, and very just like out of like the fountains of blood and everything like that i really really love it and i but it's still terrifying because you think about freddy krueger and think man that's a really horrifying concept it is uh i remember when i was a kid um i watched that first freddy movie by accident um my my dad used to you know record tv show movies and stuff mm -hmm. and um one of them was you know nightmare uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was the after like all the other movies had ended, and I just was like, "What's at the end of this tape?" So I, you know, stupidly continued to watch it, and it got to the scene where he, you know, stretches his arms out and blocks the whole um, alleyway. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I turned it off, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'll have to watch that some other time." It's, you know, too late. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you'd be really interested in this show on Netflix called "The Movies That Made Us." Uh, they yeah, have, I've seen that. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, that was one of the ones that I loved listening to them talk about Wes Craven in the Freddy movies and everything, and how he hired Johnny Depp not on skill, but because his daughter thought he was pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's I one heard of that. That was, that was great. I think that's a fantastic thing to just be like, no, it's not because he's good at anything. He just has a nice face. <laughs> yeah. So what are three books that you'd recommend to the audience and why? 
Uh, three books, I would choose John Dies at the End. Um, that's probably my favorite book of all time because it encompasses everything I like. It has comedy, it has horror, it has conspiracy stuff in it where the shadow people you know, are taking over everything. Uh, second book would be probably Nightbreed, or um, it's Cabal in book form, um, Clyde Barker. Um, it's a great book, especially for horror nerds, because it's about outsiders, you know, finding each other as their tribe. And um, I feel like people kind of sleep on that one. It should be better known. Uh, third, I would have to go with mm, Jack Patchum's uh, The Girl Next Door. I feel like that one is one of the few books that I've read. If, I've only read probably twice because it just it makes me so mad that the main character is so evil in it and it's based on a true story too so yeah. it, it's i mean in the book there's a happier ending in in the sense that there was actual justice unfortunately in real life there was very little real justice and um i feel like that's all too common in reality and what are three movies that you would recommend to the audience or anyone who's especially if they're wanting to get into horror as great like introduction pieces? Uh, Evil Dead 2, I feel like would be a good introduction horror movie. It's it's uh, scary, but not so scary that the, the person like watching it for the first time would be like too scared to continue watching it. And it's got enough slapstick in it. Um reanimator i feel like would be a, another good introductory horror movie again it's got you know plenty of horror but at the same time it's got plenty of comedy very dark um jeffrey combs as always steals the show uh and, and the third movie i would go for like a classic maybe like the mask of the red death with vincent price oh yeah that's a perfect one yeah i feel like vincent price you know he uh he he uh went over like generations like i feel like people nowadays still kind of know him even though you know his main work was back in the 50s and 60s yeah i think so too i think he's one of the uh, he's a horror icon for sure yeah oh yeah okay what's one question you wish i had asked you and that you w wish you could have answered um i can't think of any that i wish you would have asked me i think you asked me pretty much everything i could have thought of um, <laughs> you did a really great job so oh thank you all right so that being said where can my listeners find you online um i'm on facebook um i have a tiktok channel but i haven't actually done anything on it for a while i usually uh, read short horror stories on there um and then my books are all on amazon if they want to purchase any books Oh, that's great. Which book should they start with? Uh, my latest book is Blood and Gasoline. It's not necessarily horror. It's more of like a, a splatter punk noir. But um, I think that my most well-liked uh, books so far are uh, Band of the Gods um, and Cult and other stories. Awesome. And any last parting words for our listeners? Uh, keep it spooky. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I love having you and I appreciate having your take on the love of horror. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. If you uh, want anything in the future, any help with anything, I'm all ears. All right. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to Cat Scratch Radio, a forward podcast with your host, Carmilla Mays, also known as Matu C. Lawrence. If you want to find me on social media, just look up MX Carmilla.